Good day to you. Like many of you, I am concerned for society. I worry about people in the world. You know, it just seems like they're lost and they have gone so far in some cases as to forget truth and reality. You know, when they say a man can be a woman or that two men or two women can marry and have a family. It can get discouraging to us when we look at these things, all because these things hurt our spirit. We mourn for that loss of reality and common sense. We're amazed at the loss of morality, and we are saddened that so many have lost God. So many are like Pharaoh and do not know God. It is sad to see so many that are deceived and lost. We see these lost people revel in the lust of the flesh, listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. You know, the first thing that is lost without God is morality. We get this deceived blindness on us, and this can be a problem with Christians as well. So it's something that we all need to be aware of. If we look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Now the New King James Version lists four things here, and that's the version that I'm using. But the original text really only lists three things. All of these things are regarding sexual immorality. The first one actually covers both adultery and fornication and even other things. It's the same word used in Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, when Jesus is speaking about divorce. The word means sexual immorality, and it covers a lot of things that would be sexually immoral. This word is the root or part of the origin of our word pornography. The Greek word is, I'm probably going to pronounce this partly wrong, but you'll get the idea. The Greek word is pornea. The second word here, the second thing listed, is uncleanness or impurity. And it is a state of moral filthiness, especially in regards to sexual sin. The third thing listed, lewdness or sensuality, it pertains to unbridled lust, a shameless desire for the obscene and indecent, again, in relation to sexual sin. And this is getting at the point that without God, people find temporary pleasure in the worldly lusts, They have no defense against Satan's guile or temptations. They lose the love and happiness of a true godly relationship between a man and a woman. And they lose the joy of marriage and family in pursuit of these physical, temporary pleasures. Verse 20. We continue with the list. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred contentions, jealousies, 
outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Now, some of these things go together, just like the first ones we talked about. Idolatry and sorcery both actually relate to worshiping other gods, possibly even worshiping self. Idolatry, of course, is well known. Anything we put in front of God can be an idol. If we are obsessed over something, it can become or can be an idol. And sorcery can be practices concerning idolatry or drug use in the pursuit of higher knowledge or what the Indians used to call vision quests. You know, when you get into some of that type of thing, you're straying from the Lord and you're putting your faith into other things and you're seeking knowledge and wisdom not from God, but from some other source. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, those seem to go together. We have hatred or enmity, the idea of being hostile, unfriendly, and antagonistic. Contentions or strife or discord is in creating strife and discord and what we call stirring the pot and just uh, generally just causing trouble, you know, trying to cause arguments and cause friction. Jealousies, in this case, it is like an envious rage or envy with the idea of ill will towards someone. And then, of course, outbursts of wrath or anger. It's a, a fierce reaction of anger because of a perceived wrong or possibly threat in some way. Next, there's selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Go together as being largely divisive in nature. Selfish ambitions, putting oneself in our wants ahead of others. Even getting what we want to the detriment of others. Dissensions or divisions, creating conflict and turning people against each other. Again, I think this is relating back to the selfish ambitions. You're doing so to get people on your side and be against those who are against you. That type of thing. Heresies or factions, creating sects or parties of differing opinions or beliefs. We see this happen in congregations where people disagree so strongly and they can't find the love and the grace to allow each other to coexist and they they split. We see this happening. And this is kind of that type of thing. This is creating sex or parties of differing opinions or beliefs. Again, I believe this kind of ties back to selfish ambitions in your You're so unwilling to give or to allow for someone else to possibly have a different belief or thought that it creates these divisions, these factions, all because of that. You know, um, if you've ever run into someone who's like, they, they must, you must believe just like they do. It's a very difficult thing. Um, I don't know of any person in the world that I would totally 100% agree with them on everything. 
we are people, we're individuals, that's the way we are. We may disagree on different things. Um, this is talked about some in the epistles, the fact that we may vary on some things, not on morality, not on sinful things, but on things that aren't sinful. We may vary, and we may have some different thoughts on those, and that's okay. Regardless, without God, people try to find knowledge and wisdom in idols, maybe in nature and creation, or in false spirituality and drug use. Some people thought back in the 60s and 70s that they were being illuminated by their drug use. And that's not really how it works. Now, I can't say that these people actually find wisdom or spirituality from any of these things. But I do believe they find a fake copy, Satan's fake copy, of spirituality and wisdom. They lose love and peace and joy and instead find hatred and strife and selfish desires. None of these will fulfill them. They will never be satisfied and they will always want more. If we look at verse 21, continuing on, there is envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Envy and murders is really just one word, believe it or not. In this case, it's like covetousness, wanting what others have in a malicious way. And the most basic, easy way to relate this is to a violent robber, someone who is willing to kill to get what someone else has. They're willing to come into your home and kill you to take what you have so they will have it. It's a kind of covetousness that will that is so far gone that you are willing to kill for what someone else has. So it's a very malicious form. We all may, and, and we have to understand that covetousness or envy, when we see someone, maybe someone buys a good product and we say, oh, that's really a good product. I, I'm, I'm going to start getting that. That's not envy. That's not covetousness. That's, hey, that's a good idea. That's acknowledging that someone has found a good product or has a good idea, and you're like, oh, I'm going to start doing that because that's a good idea. It's easy to kind of confuse that with the idea of covetousness, which is different. There's a certain malicious intent with coveting and wanting something where you want to take it from someone else so you can have it. So just want to make that distinction. Next, drunkenness and revelry. I mean, we know these go together, right? Drunkenness is just what it says. It's being intoxicated or overindulging in drink or anything that intoxicates us. It could be drugs. Revelries or carousing. This is just pertaining to overindulgent feasting and drinking parties. It can also mean being riotous and drunken in public in general. We know what that is, right? 
We know people who that's their every weekend. That's their every Friday night. That's their every Saturday night. Without God, the problem is people lose their contentment. They find envy and hate toward those that they perceive as being rich or having it all. Others find mindless escape into parties and excesses, drinking and drugs, looking for freedom from their meaningless lives. That's what they're doing. They're looking for freedom and momentary happiness. Again, these things will not fulfill them. It will never be enough. We are made as God's children. We are made to have a relationship with Him. I've heard it said that we are born with a God-sized hole in us. And this is a spiritual thing. We have a need for God in our lives. And that is what so many seek and do not realize it. This is why we feel sad for those who we believe are lost and deceived. This is why we want to bring the Lord to them so they can find what we have found in the Lord. And this is what we have found in the Lord. The next few verses there in Galatians 5. Now, again, as Christians, we may struggle at times. We may struggle with the bad things that we just went through before. And we may struggle to have the good things, the fruit that we're getting ready to talk about. We're not perfect. We're We're Christians in that we are following Christ, but we are not perfect. We are struggling. The difference is we have the Lord. We can repent. We can get forgiveness. And the Lord will help us to change. A big part of being a Christian is self-examination and changing to conform to follow the Lord, to be like Jesus. That's the idea. That is the goal. So if we look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. With the Lord, we have found love. This is agape. This is God's love. It is care and goodwill towards others, wanting the best for others, and being willing to sacrifice, whether it be our time, effort, or whatever, to help them get that thing that is best for them, to help them get that. With the Lord, we have found joy. It is a calm delight. It is a Serenity of mind, knowing that we have salvation in the Lord. Nothing here in this short life can take our joy of eternal life, the life to come. With the Lord, we have found peace. It is harmony and tranquility, resting in the safety that God provides. This peace allows us to have a good life here regardless of circumstances, because we know that we're going to have hard times, bad things are going to happen, but we know that God will see us through those things. 
with the Lord we have found long-suffering or patience. This is endurance and tolerance, the ability to persevere and be persistent. It also implies restraint, that we do not act rashly, but are patient and able to wait when we need to. With God, we can endure our trials patiently and faithfully. With the Lord, we have found kindness, benevolence, and compassion to others. And this springs from God's love and helps us to be charitable and generous to others. It also implies tenderness and grace, goodwill to all. With the Lord, we have found goodness or righteousness. This is God's morality, integrity, virtue, and honor. His goodness that we follow and emulate. It involves decency and concern for others. Again, you'll notice a lot of this is wrapped up together in God's love. With the Lord, we have found faithfulness. This faithfulness in Jesus as our example, who trusted God, the Father to the point of death, and that is our faith in Christ. It is trust and assurance that what He has said, He will do. He has gone to prepare a place for us. Jesus will return for us. The Lord will reward us with eternal life. With the Lord, we have found gentleness. This gentleness is humility, being meek and mild, considerate of others. It's being unassuming and unpretentious. Not thinking too highly of ourselves, but putting others first. With the Lord, we have found self-control. This self-control is being in command of our desires and passions. Not saying we don't have desires, not saying we don't have passion, but we're in command of it. We are controlling ourselves. And it is fulfilled by the other fruits mentioned, patience, humility, morality, and faithfulness. We show this by restraint and having composure under our trials and temptations. Those are all ours that we have found. They are there in Christ for the taking, really. And He wants us to have these fruits. He wants us to be fulfilled and happy, even during the hard times in this life. Because when people lose God, they find Satan in sorrow, whether they intend to or not. This is why Satan wants people to believe he does not exist, and that God does not exist. Mostly, he wants people to be deceived. That this life is all there is, so live it up. Get yours while you can, do for you. And that's a sad life, with no purpose or meaning or hope, just to try and please yourself, which will never fill our hearts like God. Without God, people have lost their purpose. They have no mission, nothing to do but please themselves, trying to fill that empty heart. And I'm not saying that they're all evil. We may have friends that aren't believers, but they are deceived. They are lost. They have lost their purpose. How many times do we hear people ask, what 
What is this life for? What are we doing here? They are listless and just roaming aimlessly. They really are just lost. But we know what this life is for. We, we are found. We have been found by the Lord. Our lives have meaning beyond just feeding ourselves and our desires. We are seeking God in His kingdom, and we are seeking the lost so they can be found and baptized into the Lord. We have a mission, a purpose, and a promise. The mission is seen here at the end of Matthew, and you can also see it at the end of Mark's gospel, but Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the mission of our lives in Christ. In Jesus, we have found purpose and meaning in this life to save the lost. We have a purpose to serve, to help others by showing the love of God. If you look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 27 through 28, And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We have found our life by losing it in service, service to the Lord and by serving others. And if we do this, we have a promise. We can take a quick look at Matthew chapter 25, the last parable in the chapter. This is a look of what is to come at the judgment. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verses 34 through 36. Then we're going to skip down to 40. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then, skipping down to verse 40, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So the promise here is actually in verse 34. Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is the promise we look to. And we know the Lord is faithful and true. To serve others is to share the fruit the Lord has shared with us. Helping the poor and bringing sight to those who are blinded by Satan's deceit. And that's how we should see people in society who do not believe. They are just blinded to the truth. In their blindness, they may 
and probably will in some cases turn on us. But don't be afraid or worry. God is with us. Look at Psalm 118, verses 5 and 6. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, setting us in a broad place, we may not understand that, but that represents freedom and safety from our enemies. That is something in the way they thought about things back then. But it represents freedom and safety from our enemies. In the Lord, we have found freedom. True freedom from sin and death, we are not controlled by the enemy's devices. We are free to follow the Lord, and we are free to accept eternal life. In Jesus, we have found eternal life, and we have found the kingdom of God. In closing, I just want to look at a couple more things. Remember when Adam and Eve were forced out of Eden so they could not eat of the tree of life, so they would not face eternal damnation in the state they were in? But we are completely free of that. We can accept eternal life. And we are promised to eat from the tree of life. If you look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If you are not right with God, if you have not been baptized, then you are not free. You cannot accept eternal life. Jesus explained it this way in John chapter 8, verses 34 through 36. He was speaking to Jews that said they were never in bondage. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Without God, people have found slavery to sin, and they have found death, eternal and final death. The second death, referred to as the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. But the Lord can make you free. So I would encourage you, if you, if you are not right with God, if you are not free, living in the freedom that Jesus gives, I would encourage you to seek God and become baptized and live in that freedom. Find the Lord and find that freedom. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.